Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we'll be joined by the QPR manager, Gareth Ainsworth. He was on good form, wasn't he? Yeah, he is quite unique. Certainly mm. where he came from to be at the launch of uh, the EFL uh, it was quite new, uh, unique. You'll hear more about that from Gareth in a few moments' time. Um, we also caught up with uh, a comedian called Paul Snedden. He's been up at the Edinburgh Festival for years. He created a beautiful comic character called Bob Doolally, yep. ex-football manager turned pundit and drunk. Um, so uh, Bob uh, joined us for a bit of a chat. Uh, we had a chat, didn't we? We did quite a lot of a chat. Yeah, quite really. a lot of a, a chat. A restaurant really. review. Yeah, it was interesting. And Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly brought us the best from Glorious Goodwood once again. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And before we get into the meat of the show, oh, yeah. uh, it's full-time Panama versus France. Oh, okay. Let's get a full-time report from Abigail Davis. Yeah, it's finished. Panama 3, France 6. France through to the last 16. They were dealt a blow inside two minutes when Marta Cox treated us to the goal of the tournament. A delightful swirling free kick from range curled into the top left corner. Another statement win for France. Panama 3, France 6. Thanks, Abigail. We're going to have a chat with Faye Carruthers a little bit later on about the Women's World Cup. It's a good thing, I think, mm. that we're seeing, you know, the old guard, as long as it's not England, of course, yeah. as the old guard uh, sort of knocked out in some ways because it proves that, as Faye was saying the other day, you know, the the level is, is coming up. It was, mm. you know, you'd have... I mean, you're still getting a few coatings. You're doing any World Cup yeah. men's as well. That was a surprise yesterday, though. I mean, you wouldn't, wouldn't expect England to do that to uh, China. They played so well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and they played brilliantly. Yeah, you have to feel for China. They haven't got a lot of people to pick from. No, that's true. It's a very small <laughs> pool of players, <laughs> yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that argument completely stacks <laughs> no, it up. doesn't, really. But, uh, Some yeah. of the decisions, though, the referee. I mean, the, the, the Lucy Bronze offside was ridiculous. They've got to change that rule. The defender definitely yeah. played the ball. I they mean, to be fair, ball, it is the it. rule that's the problem. It's a stupid rule. It, it, wasn't, no it wasn't really the rest fault. And, right. and the handball, I mean, she was pushed by Herbs. How can that be a yellow card? She couldn't do anything about that. I thought the refereeing in that game was poor. Not a stunner. Uh, the 100 was back last night. It was just like anti-climax. Yeah. But actually, I caught the end of it. It was a very good game. It was quite thrilling. And the cricket's always cricket, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, that's very true. And when I left here on... Uh, <laughs> Monday. Monday. It wasn't looking good. No, I mean, you weren't massively confident, Andy. But no. to, be, to be fair to you, for once, you did say 
It's not looking good, but I wouldn't put anything past England in this series, and and uh, that's the way it pans yeah, out. I said to John right before Australia started their innings, I texted him. I said, "I think Australia will get over 300. It's just how much they get, because I could see the conditions were good. But boy, do I get the you said merchants are out in You said they were going to lose. Yeah. Well, if you listen to Stuart Broad, the players thought exactly the same during the Smith Head partnership. They're only like us. Eh? Yeah. That's what was so brilliant about this series that it was just up and down. You couldn't predict it from one session to the next. It really was. John reckons it was the best series that he's ever seen. Uh, yeah. I was going with 2005. You should never compare these things, and both were wonderful. So, yeah. Chris Wokes has recommended his surgeon to Ben Stokes. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's, he's called Andy Williams. Oh. No, not that one. Girls, watch the knees, watch the girls. Watch the, no, not that one. Yeah, the girls, watch the knees, watch the girls, watch the knees. I think you could have done a little bit more work on that. <laughs> well, I didn't think. I didn't put a lot of thought it's into ba- it. It's, basi- it's, it's basically just replacing yeah. Yeah. the word knees. Um, Why not? Now, a couple of things to get going on. Craig yeah. Shakespeare was in the studio with Jim. Interesting chat mm. with the boys earlier on. And as he left, I was reminding uh, uh, Craig of uh, childhood kickabouts with my mate Mike Carter. Uh, my mm. uh, friend of mine was uh, an old colleague of mine, knew Craig when he was a kid. They used to go over the park with Mike's uh, granddad and, uh, and have a kickabout with Craig mm, before great. he was a professional footballer. And um, so I, I was just thinking, those people you've had a kickabout with and in what circumstances? I don't mean played in a proper match with or mm. ex-players charity game. Proper kickabout in a park, in the flats... Whatever it was. We had quite a few on fantasy. Oh, that was the... Jens Martin Knudsen was my favourite. Was it really? Jens and the boys just playing in uh, in the local park in Chiswick. That used to be the best thing about going along and being in a Phoenix from the the Flames was that quite often, if the player wanted to, because not all of them did, I was being there blushing, but one or two players... Didn't want to kick a football around. Mm. They weren't interested. Jozinho wouldn't take his raincoat off. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the whole Phoenix in his raincoat. So, so uh, Jens Martin Knudsen, the goalkeeper, played in goal for the Fair Islands against Fair Austria. Islands. Not that him. Who wore the bobble wore the hat? hat. Yeah, the bobble hat. But he was happy. Did he go in goal for the kickabout? No, I was in goal. So he went outfield. Yeah. Was he decent outfield? Oh, he was all right. Yeah, not bad. Um, any others you can think of? You had kick up because what would happen is you'd be filming. Yeah, and this then, was away from the yeah, filming. Which is they'd why have I to set it. up, and you'd often have like mm. an hour, an hour or so, just mm. sort of hanging around. So the football would come out because they were all filmed at football stadiums. Jerry Francis, I remember. Jerry had a kick about. Yeah. My favourite one was Terry Butcher mm. when we did the Terry Butcher versus Sweden. Mm. Uh, you know, a blood injury one. Um, and I was in the middle of the box. Uh, you, are you playing with us? I'm sure, yeah, you would have been there that day having a kickabout. And Terry Butcher was f- firing in the crosses for us. In goal was uh, in between as co-creator uh, and Morris. member of the team, Ian Morris, a very good goalkeeper, <laughs> QPR fan. He may be listening today because Gareth <laughs> Ainsworth's true. on. And that was brilliant. I mean, just it was fantastic. Yeah. Terry firing in Great. beautiful crosses for us to nod in. Ilunga Mwepu. That well, that wasn't a kickabout. That was actually an organised game. That but was he a did have a, game, he yeah. did have a kickabout with us. The yeah. the famous Zaire player who ran out of the wall to uh, boot the ball up the other end back in '74 against Brazil. So uh, anyway, kickabout. Pele in the playground and he scored a couple. He counted it. Towards he counted. They're on his thousand goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah they all, all of his playground goals counted. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, people you've had a kick about with, and in what circumstance? Not an organised game, 
kickabout. You know what it is. Talksport.com, text 81893 TSH&J. And um, you'll probably be aware now, because he doesn't like to mention it, um, but uh, Ben Fletcher just had quite a tough pronunciation of a new player that he'd not really had <laughs> a run at. He gave him a round of applause. In, in the bulletin there, and he, he said it, and... Um, and he said, he said, it wasn't that bad. I've had tougher penalties to put away. And he said, not that I'm going to keep on about that. <laughs> this is, of course, because Ben Fletcher scored the all-important winning penalty <laughs> in the breakfast versus TalkSport All-Stars game on Friday. And that's, he's mentioned it every, at least once every day since Have he's been Have you seen been the, the little video of his kids watching him on YouTube? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really sweet. Well done, Dad. They're all going mad. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, sweet. it is his Molly Sugden's bridesmaid moment. That's so if you, If you <laughs> or somebody you know just likes to shoehorn something in apropos of nothing, mm. because pronouncing that player's name had nothing to do with his winning penalty, but he managed just to get it in there. So we'll have some of those as well. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Are we overloading it if we do TV formats for departing Arsenal defender Austin Trusty? Well, I'm thinking about it. You were going to get uh, left foot. Sword. You, sword. And I think you were you kind of exhausted. And it, I can go busty with Trusty. It's go a guide, busty. Guide to getting the, that. It's a guide to getting the best out of insolvency. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, OK, then, if you want to. What's his first name? Austin. Austin Trusty. Um... <laughs> Uh, if you've got TV formats for him, we'll sling that in as well. It's everything must go. Uh, talksport.com, text 1889, tweet TSH&J. Tell us your stories in person, 03717 Coming up, uh, we're going to head to a less than glorious Goodwood looking at the pictures. Oh, no. It looks pretty terrible conditions. Well, better Rain weather at Cheltenham. Hammering down. Um, but we'll have a chat with Rupert and Lizzie. Uh, mark your card ahead of the afternoon's race. And we've got four races for you. Bob Doolally will be joining us. Um, the ex-football manager turned uh, pundit. He's up at the Edinburgh Festival talking football and more. And we'll also be joined later on by Gareth Ainsworth, as we said, Tim Vickery's here, and lots more besides. We look at the big transfer stories of the day too. We're here with Toolstation. Conquer any job with Toolstation's biggest ever summer sale. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. David Swindon says, uh, Brian Steen used to come out onto the patch of grass outside his house in Flittick in beds in the 80s with us five-year-olds. Top fella. Kick about mm. with uh, Brian Steen. I had a kick about with his brother, movie. Eddie Steen. Yes, did you? Sold me short hospital pass. Did he really? Eddie, mm. were you playing a, what, just yeah, it was was a, a game? Yeah, it was a pick-up game. It wasn't a serious game. Wow. Um, what about this one? George Hardwick, Borough, England and Great Britain legend. My next door neighbour used to come out and have a kick about with us kids in the 1970s. Beautiful. Oh, that's good. good. There's many of that going on. Um, Lee from Utoxida says, uh, the former England defender Mark Wright, when he was at Southampton 1986, had a kick around with us in the road when his leg was in plaster. Oh, I'm sure the manager idea. was delighted. <laughs> Beautiful. OK, you can keep those coming. Who do you have a kick about with? Talksport.com, text 81089. Tweet TSHNJ 0371722344. Well, um, yeah, not at all glorious at Goodwood, but I'm no. sure the racing would be fantastic. We've got four live races for you. Rupert Bannon and Lizzie Kelly, as always, are our commentary team. Good afternoon, both. Good, Good uh, afternoon. Just, I, I'm just going to say afternoon. Yeah, it's, yes, now, exactly. it does. I mean, we're looking at the pictures on TV, and you, wow, it's, it's going to be yeah. fun commentating what's on this. It's like riding in the rain like that. It must yeah, be what's quite it like, tricky. Lizzie? 
Yeah, what's it like, Rupert? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's not great. I mean, you can layer up if you're uh, if you've got a heavy weight, and you can get loads of layers on. But if you're riding at your bottom weight, then you'll be out there with with very little to keep you warm. Once the race starts, it's fine. Um, but it's just yes, yeah, it's not it's not very nice, especially if you're hanging around waiting mm. at the start. But it's nothing that jump jockeys wouldn't be used to. No, well, that's very you, true. You, it's true. You would. You, you're loving this flat jockey suffering in this driving <laughs> rain. Off the, oh, I watched one of them come out earlier. I think it was Jason Hart to go and walk the track, and he had his full riding gear on, a big coat over the top, and he put like bin bags over his boots and mm. taped them onto his boots. What? Well, nothing hilarious. Nothing wrong with a bin bag because I've got bin bags on my chair. Because really? otherwise, uh, yes, because otherwise I'd be getting a wet bottom. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Far too much information. Well, I, and, uh, well <laughs> because basically our commentary position is a fairly windy tunnel, but we've actually mm. got the River of Goodwood has been formed on beneath <laughs> our feet, so ah. we've got water running at us. Lizzie's made a schoolgirl error; she's got no socks on, oh. so um, so it's basically not extremely comfortable <laughs> position that we're in. But we're going. And a moment ago, we couldn't even see the course because no. it was shrouded in mist, but. Luckily, it's lifted, and um, we will, might be able to see a bit of the course. But when it's like this, this is the most unglorious place to be. Interesting. We once mm. uh, asked Ruby Warshup and the Paddy Power Box at Cheltenham to demonstrate on Paddy the kind of force you might hit a horse yeah. with. I think at one point he may have even jumped on his back. I may have made that up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he was he was demonstrating, yeah. but it was quite hard because I think Paddy's actually got a harder hide <laughs> than a horse. So that was very difficult to tell. Anyway, um, we're, we're going to look back on uh, your, your uh, evening's festivities later on, but... 150 race for you, uh, the Coral Handicap. Uh, we'll also have the Whispering Angel Oak Tree Stakes at 2.25. Uh, at 3 o'clock, the uh, Jaeger Lacoutre Malcolm Stakes and then the Sussex Stakes at 3.35. So, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get a little tip for you uh, just after each race for the next race if you fancy a little fun flutter of course pre, uh, please gamble responsibly a lot of people had kickabouts with the stars we'll be reflecting that later on but we're off to Scotland next to speak to a legend of the game manager term pundit Bob Doolally who's up at the Edinburgh Festival uh, wowing the crowds uh, he'll be joining us very shortly we're here with Tool Station get 20% off thousands of trade quality products in Tool Station's biggest ever summer sale the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast yep first time Fletcher's been in for a bulletin and not mentioned that penalty since yeah, Friday it was, that was the first time we've managed it uh, we're after your Molly Sugden's bridesmaid stories of course the famous Little Britain sketch with uh, David Williams and Matt Lucas, um, where she used to shoehorn it in every time. Um, admitting to it is Derek the Toon Posty. I'm a massive fan of the band Wishbone Ash. I'm mentioned by name in the lead singer's autobiography. I never fail to tell people this fact, says uh, Derek. <laughs> You'll shoehorn it in when <laughs> delivering. Can you sign for this? <laughs> Yeah, you may have uh, heard about me, of course. I was in uh, Wishbone Ash uh, autobiography. Um, kickabouts were interested in as well. Those uh, people you've had a kickabout with. Um, not an organised match, kickabout. Martin Harrogate says, Norman Hunter on the beach in Whitby about 20 years ago. Crowds formed. Loads wow, of kids. Good. Started as a five-a-side, ended 15-a-side. Tremendous. Says Mark, beautiful. Have you seen that uh, video? Three... Japanese professional players playing a hundred kids. Yes, I've done that a couple of yeah, times. It's incredible, haven't they? it really is. Yeah, they win. 
unsurprisingly. Really? What, the three players or the kids? <laughs> no, the players. Oh, okay. really? They just keep knocking it over their head. They go long. They just over about fifty. One of them just take it. He has to do a bit of a Boris Johnson and plough through loads of kids to get there because there are hundreds. Got about of fifteen them. in goal. It's incredible. Yeah. It's probably an old video, but it only came up. It in. only just popped. Okay, um, so uh, we're going to have a chat now. Uh, well, we're still working on our next guest. Uh, he's right. he's going to join us any second. Um, squeeze mm. a couple more in then from uh, your uh, tales of uh, kickabouts. My nephew used to have a kickabout on a Sunday afternoon on our local green with Janino of Middlesbrough fame. He lived round the corner Not from the us. the plumber. No. One day he came uh, home early and said Janino's mum had called him, called him in for his dinner. So they all went <laughs> home, says Steve in Borough. Well, the greatest story of all is Ray Parler's story, isn't it? With Moose. Uh, 2010 World Cup. Um, you know, you probably gathered by his fine work on breakfast that Ray's a bit of a wind-up merchant. And uh, there was a football around one day, and he started having a kick around with Ian Abrams, the moose. And Ray, being Ray, a bit of devilment in him, Ray says, "Come, cool, mate, you really strike the ball well. You've you've surprised me." He said, well, "You know, were you ever at a club? Because the way you get your head over the ball, you <laughs> way the way you hit a ball, the way you strike a ball, <laughs> looks like maybe you were kind of properly coached." <laughs> so the moose, like hook, line, and sinker's going. Oh no, I never got to a club, but you know, people Dinos have said people have said, people have said I'm very good. So like he's talked him up and they've had this kick about. And then the following morning, eight eight o'clock the following morning, there they are in South Africa, Ray's in bed, knock at the door. Goes to open the, and there's most of the ball under his arm. Ray come out for a kickabout. He's dreamt all night. <laughs> He saw him get, getting a pro contract in his 30s, quite possibly. Anyway, um, so let's have some kickabout tales, please. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. We are having some technical issues. So Ooh, we'll continue issues. chatting. We'll try and catch up with Bob Doolally mm. a little bit later on. Mm. Oh, Andy, uh, are, you, are, you, are you interested? I, I, now, I know your season ticket prices haven't gone up. But yeah. if you want to spoil yourself one week this. at Chelsea, what about the dugout club? You like the sound of that? No. Oh, no. Shall <laughs> okay. I tell you why? Why don't you like it? Quite simply, it's the old kids section. I sat there for about three or four years. It's completely the worst view in the ground. Really? You cannot see anything. Is there a bit of overhang? So you well, can't see the whole It's pitch. so low. You can't, you know, it's like actually you realise, you sit behind the dugout, the manager's got the worst view in the... That's why yeah. a lot of them go and sit in the stand in the first half. Because you can't see. You can't see the pattern of play. All you can see is legs, really. Yeah. It's like that. It's, it's too low. It's too low. Yeah, this is the dugout club. It's a hospitality package uh, you're immediately behind the the manager and the technical staff and subs it's sensibly priced at a thousand and eighty pounds <laughs> and uh, so it used to be the family section where it used to be 17 quid yes right yeah, the yeah. VIP enclosure, Martin Lipton in the Sun tells us, is in the lower tier of the long surviving East Stand. Um, according to the official website, the club uh, Chelsea offering allows fans to sit in luxury padded seats just metres above the players and managers behind the home and away dugouts. Um, they used to call it the letterbox, that area, because that's where they had the press, wasn't it, yeah. around there? Because uh, it had a restricted view. Yeah, like, much the press said, box is exactly that, right. that, yeah. So. You get pitch side access, whatever that means. Um, pre and post match hospitality and drinks vouchers for Tremendous. the stands at half time. So there we are, Andy. Um, yeah. six, 600 quid starting price per game, 1,080. I can't see that being a big winner, but there we go. Mm. We'll see what happens. Anything else? Um, it's funny, I said to Max Rushton when he was here last week, he, you know, he's had a sort of break from social media. He's with me tomorrow. I know. He's coming in. He's yeah. doing the birthday spread. 
And I said to him, it's so much better for you that you weren't on social media. You know, it's, it's better. He said, oh, yeah, I agree. He said, I said, yeah, well, that tweeting during a game. I said, you know, you could save that for the shows and everything. He said, like, you're giving away all this material for nothing. So he said, yeah, 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 I agree. Anyway, he's just put... Huge from Jamaica. I was thinking, what's the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> just tweeted that. He didn't, he didn't heed no your warning. No notice of me Although whatsoever. if he waited, if he just came on on Saturday with Charlie and went, huge from Jamaica, <laughs> they'd say... Well, you could do it tomorrow, would Wednesday, you? mate. I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. Mr Zeitgeist. It's true. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I've got a lovely restaurant for you, review for you later. But okay, do you want to save that? Well, it's up that to that you. Don't have to. The world well, is your lobster. Time, we've, really, we've now yeah. got time because our guest has not arrived. Oh, dear. Um, we, we had no TV formats for Austin Trusty. No, I told you, it no, was a very happen. limited appeal. Limited. I had a kickabout with a legendary Chris Waddle on holiday in Spain at the same time my parents had the beach bag stolen and the culprits were raiding the hotel room. Well, you're suggesting that Chris was some kind of <laughs> robber's decoy. I, that's not the mark of the man. My cousin came to get me, shouting at me frantically from afar to come with them. I was furious, shouting back, this better be good, I'm having a kickabout with Chris Waddle. Chris was not the inside man, I'd like to point that yeah, out. Definitely. He's a good lad. Yeah, not that I'm suggesting. Not that I'm suggesting, as Mike Parry would say. Uh, Sam in Bristol gave us that story. As a kid on holiday mm. in Butlin's Clacton in 1982, I played in a five-a-side with Martin Peters. Afterwards, we all went to watch the England v France World Cup game on the big screen. But got there in a couple of minutes, uh, got there a couple of minutes late, so I missed Brian Robson's first goal. Oh, missed a bit of history. What would you rather have done? Played football with a World Cup winner, the legendary Martin Peters, or watch the goal on replay? I know what I'd go with. I would too, definitely. Yeah. And I've noticed that, you know, I've talked about this before, that journalism 2.0 for 2023 is listen to a podcast, take the best anecdote and turn it into a story. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell it's going to be the so this. low-hanging fruit, isn't it? A bit like planning yeah. news. Uh, Beckham fixed Lego before big matches. Yeah. David Golden... But they're still calling him that. David Golden Balls Beckham. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Such isn't it? a long time it's ago. It's a long time ago. Was they're off, slightly tarnished, uh, I think, uh, these days. Was they? often up all night on England duty playing with Lego, says an ex-teammate. So you think, oh, that's got to come from a podcast, of course. Uh, ben Foster mentioned this. Uh, oh, was speaking on his podcat. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yes. That's what it says here, podcat. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Fozcast. Yes, indeed. It's a good listen. Though. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure it is. But, you know, do you know what I mean? It's it's just incredible yeah. how they do that. You know, it's, it's lazy, isn't it? I wonder it, if really? that's what Woodward and Bernstein would have done back in the day. You know, they <laughs> were just... I was podcast. listening to this podcast last night. <laughs> Apparently there was a break-in <laughs> at the Watergate building. That's it. Well, after, yeah, according to the Watergate break-in <laughs> podcast, Woodward and Bernstein said in the Washington Post... Maybe we should follow that up, Bob. Yeah, we should. Uh, what else we got? I was playing um, football in a five-a-side mm. league. The opposition... Was that technically a... Is it a kickabout? I mean, yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, the opposition made a sub, and who do you think came on but Wayne Routledge? Oh, he played the rest... I you say Wayne Rooney. Would no. Be, no disrespect to Wayne Routledge. <laughs> he played the rest of the game in his work trousers and work shoes. That's yes. always a good look, That's isn't it? Someone, you know, playing. It's like uh, when you, Jeff, Jeff Thompson. Thompson. I've got Jeff when Thompson. When he bowled story. in his trousers and shoes. Well, he was invited by David English. The o- first Australian time. cricket legend. A great legend, a great fast bowler. Yeah. And uh, I was fielding at mid off. And uh, David said to him, as often happened in a Bunbury game, that you'd get a big celebrity to bowl the first ball. A bit like the first pitch. Yeah, in yeah, baseball. yeah. So he said to Tomo, you bowl the first ball, Tomo. So Tomo takes about two steps, bowls to this fellow, club player and he hits him for four right okay Tomo's not best impressed just wound him up so he turns around to me he said watch this mate 
because he was Australian. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because he was Australian. <laughs> well, I thought I'd Because you all the voices, don't you? Do, yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he just said he was wearing trousers and leather shoes. And he comes in and he just unwinds and he gets, that's one of his trademark, you know, that sort of round arm style that he had. Yeah. And he, Blows the bloke's stumps out the ground. I was massively impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's never. A, I, I was. I was not telling someone about this yesterday. When Charlie, when we played in a Bunbury game, and uh, Alan Mullally, <laughs> Alan Mullally bowled. He said to it was Chris Cowdrey at the mm. other end. I came at the bat, mm. and he's obviously said to Chris Cowdrey, "Is he any good?" And and Chris has said, "No, he's not really. He's, he's just. He's not a pro. He's no, just. Yeah, yeah he hasn't got a clue. Writer, you know." Yeah. So he comes in like <laughs> off of about a couple of strides and just bowls sort of a nice easy one to yeah, me. I remember, yeah. So I clubbed it away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got hold of it. So he ran two, and he thought, well, "Okay, well, he's not. He's not great, but he's not terrible." Yeah. So the next one came down about seventy-five mile an hour, which was far too quick for me. Blimey! Yeah, right, don't wind up the pros. Tough as, tough if you've got tales of winding up the pros, we'd love to know. If you've in the Jeff Thompson Allen Mullally envelope, we'd love to know. Uh, what you did and how you came to regret it. I remember years ago, mm. they, there was a thing on, on on another radio station, of course. Did they exist? Years and years yeah. ago. I know they do exist. Mm. But they somebody had written into the station and said, uh, I'm sick of players going off for bad light. You know, they're good batsmen. They should be able to see properly, eat your carrots and get on with it. This was years ago. So <laughs> somebody was signing the crowd, eat your carrots. Yeah, eat your carrots and get on with it. So what they did, yeah. they it was around the time of a, a West Indies-England uh, game. And, you know, uh, they the Beeb at the time were able to sort something out. And they mm. got this guy down to the ground. It might have been Trent Bridge or something. And uh, it was uh, at the end of close of plan. He'd been moaning that all gone off at about sort of quarter to seven in a game for bad light. Mm. I think it was the before floodlights as yeah, well. Yeah. So um, they get this bloke out there because he played a little bit of Sunday cricket, and they and they said, "Well, you know, what do you think of the light?" He said, "Yeah, I can still see. It's fine." He said, "Well, it kind of depends who's bowling." So they got Mikey out. The <laughs> Michael Holding comes out of the pavilion, oh, no. and he sends one down to him. <laughs> And the guy said, yeah, you got a point there, yeah, bad luck. I can completely understand it. Because, yeah. I mean, when was that point when they decided that you could only bring the spinners on for when the light got bad? Is that Was that always the case or was yeah, there... Yeah, no, that was always the case that the, you'd, the umpire would say to the captain... You going, know. but I mean, even in sort of Brian uh, yeah, Close's I'd say day, even going back, back yeah. in the fifties, there yeah, was yeah. no kind of point where they. No, you couldn't play. It's dangerous. You can't play in bad light. I know Fred, mad, there was but... a point where Fred said, "This man said to me, you may not bowl Truman <laughs> because the light is too bad.' Well, I took no. no yeah, yeah, I just exactly. wonder if it was one a of those. Thing, one of those. <laughs> anyway, lovely to chat to you. What was it? Half a lager, wasn't it? I'll, I'll get them in this time. But yeah, uh, winding up the uh, pros. Talksport.com. Scratchings. I can't have the other ones. You can't have. Okay. I don't know if they do beef. They do the beef scratching. <laughs> Talksport.com, text 8 and 89, tweet TSH and Jane. Live racing, first race of the afternoon from Glorious Goodwill coming up shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksman Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Don't you just love the ICC? They're pathetic. They're just, mean, they're, they're, a test, test cricket was dying on its backside. You just had this fantastic series, and yeah. that is the reaction to what it. What an utterly ridiculous decision. That means England might not get into the Test Championship having done the most for Test cricket of anybody in the last 20 years. Yeah. Idiots! Why don't they address the fact that we go off at six thirty when they, there's no need to? Why don't they just come up with a way of bowling ninety overs in a day rather than fining and deducting points? Like what a ludicrous bunch they are! Thank really, call like Andy from Chiswick. They're not oh, happy they're with the ice. Be absolutely right. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> anyway, um, you're telling us about kickabouts you've had with the stars. Proper kickabouts, not playing in games with the stars, but just little pick-up games out of nowhere. It seems Janino, when he was living over here, was um, mm. very keen when he was up in the northeast to have a kickabout with people. We've had another report of a Janino kickabout. When he first signed for Borough back in the 90s, he was given a house a few doors down from my grandparents in a small cul-de-sac. Me and my brother would play football in the street. He taught us to do kick-ups. We then taught him how to play the great British game of Kirby. Oh, of course, David from Yarm. So it sounds like he was just... I don't know if Brian Robson knew what was going on. Probably did He was going home from training and playing football with the kids in the street. Anyway, um, the Edinburgh Festival, ongoing at the moment. I remember Lovely, many, yeah. many years ago, Andy, mm. you going up there, um, yeah. as you always did, and yeah. you said to me, I saw this great show. Uh, with a, uh, a guy called Bob Doolally. He was, mm. uh, he's an ex-Scottish football manager turned pundit. Still and, one of the funniest shows I've seen at Edinburgh over yeah. a sort of 20-year period. So, I really enjoyed it. And uh, Bob Doolally has been performing at uh, Edinburgh for, yeah, well, God, we're going to find out now because uh, his creator, Paul Snedden, joins us. Hey, Paul. Hi there, how are you? We're good, yeah, lovely to talk to you. So um, how, did, how long have you been doing, uh, Bob? Bob, oh god, uh, twenty-five years, something like that. Yeah. And what was the what was the inspire? What is he a kind of an amalgam of? Would you say? Well, he's an amalgam of a whole lot of people who are actually dead now. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a, well, some no, some of them are still alive. Um, he's kind of an amalgam of uh, Tommy Doherty, uh, Brian Clough, um, Dennis Law. That whole 60s and 70s generation of managers and players, um, some of whom, and obviously not wanting to um, 
liable, the ones that are still alive, uh, some of whom had serious drink problems and anger management issues. <laughs> As serious modern speak, he's just a mad old alky. Oh, <laughs> so does it? Is it one of those shows where he starts off quite sort of sane and sober, and over the course of yeah. the hour, as he as he addresses yeah. the the crowd, it, it deteriorates. <laughs> it totally deteriorates, and I um I don't let let's just pull back the curtain and reveal. Uh, basically, I drink water all the way through the show uh, out of vodka bottles. Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, but you've learned the <laughs> art of, of of doing playing drunk, but playing gradual playing drunk, drunk, which can't can't be easy. Well, I, can, I can do both, <laughs> and uh, in fact, I have. I once did a show up in the Western Highlands, up in the town called Dublin, beautiful, beautiful place. Mm, nice, yeah. Um, and the guys there thought it'd be a real laugh to fill my vodka bottles because they said, "Oh, we'll fill your bottles before the show," and they thought it'd be really funny to put real vodka in them. Oh. Oh. Uh, and I can't remember the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> the, um, took a photograph of all the other people that, well, all of us have been on the show, got a photograph taken on the stage night and just slid down the backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this guy is keeping this up. He's really brilliant. Yeah. So does he address the modern game? Uh, Bob, uh, does oh, yeah. Paul, do oh, he yeah. takes, he's oh, not yeah. just talking about the old days, but I mean, give no, us, no, no. if you want to give us a, a feel free. Go, how did you pull the voice together? The voice was an amalgam of all I, well, yeah, the voice is I, the voice is uh, a combination of a number of people, and uh, obviously it gets more pronounced uh, throughout the show. Uh, the, I mean. I don't know how many people actually listen to the show remember uh, remember Bob Dulali as uh, playing career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a great career. I played for uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I played for uh, I played for Wolves. <laughs> the two uh, great played, clubs in that area. Yeah, uh, yeah. I played for Spurs. Mm. Uh, I played for Tottenham Hotspur, uh, and I. Played for Preston North End when they were the Manchester Uniteds of the day. And then I sadly also played for Manchester United when they were the Preston North Ends of the day. <laughs> there's a bit of, there is a, I don't know, it's a bit of the Archie McPherson's in there as I don't, well. well yeah, he's, uh, I don't, both of them, both of them still alive. Yeah. That's good. It's great. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Well, it's where are you? Where are you performing? Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm performing. <clears throat> uh, I, 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 I. I could do this during the French. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm performing at the Stands Newtown Theatre, which is on George Street. Um. Uh, which throughout the rest of the year, uh, outside the month of August, it is the Masonic Hall. So it is full of uh, referees. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have another character that you much love character that you do, don't you? Vladimir McTavish. Well, yeah, well Vladimir, Vladimir McTavish is just me. It's me with a stage name. Um, <laughs> but, well, you, you, we've ruined this joke, but I'll do it anyway. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we, we've kind of actually ruined this joke by using my real name at the start. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, my real name, well, I use it, it's Paul Smith, and yeah. it's 
pretty dull name, really. Mm. And when I started doing stand-up, oh, 30 years ago, I mean, I've been doing Vladimir for longer than I've been doing Bob. Yeah. And when I first started doing show, solo stand-up, I thought, I've just got a snappy stage name. You know, just Paul Sneddon is a bit dull. And so, um, yeah, Vladimir McTavish, that's a nice, you know, incongru culturally incongruous joke. Yeah. Uh, and it was very popular for about 29 years. <laughs> Vladimir, not as popular as it used to be. As oh, no. of course. <laughs> you know, late, late February 2022, yeah. kind of uh, toxic. Yeah. Uh, the joke is, <laughs> for those of you who don't, you, I don't I've, I've probably set this up so badly, the joke's going to fall on this flat in its face. Basically, the joke is that um, I uh, thought, well, I better not use the name Vladimir anymore. I'll go back to using my real name. Mm. Trouble is, my real name is Andrew Tate. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. That's always always complicated. That now, yeah, that, you see, that punchline that, that punch didn't work because no. he's already... Oh, it got... No, no, it was good. <laughs> it, it, we were with you all the way. Um, now, Bob, just going back to Bob Doolally, you uh, do a Q&A with the audience, don't you? Is that still part well, of the show? God, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's bizarre because I get a... Uh, I did a TV series up here just on BBC Scotland. Oh, we're talking like 20 years ago now. Hmm. Uh, he, Bob still got a huge hardcore following from that series, but also he had quite a hardcore following uh, anyway. And it is the most unfringe like audience. Yeah. Because I'm only doing one night um, this year. Oh. And I always, and I said to the venue, in fact, last year we only did two nights and the, Second night, I was on after some old academic had been talking about God knows what. And I said to the techies, look, this is going to be a totally different crowd. You're just going to... And because they just drink. They just... I mean, they... they um, they're unbelievable. I'm doing 6.30 on a Tuesday this year. And mm. that, I'm doing that as a challenge to my audience to see how drunk they can get by 6.30. <laughs> they're obviously trying I'm, to keep up with you as Bob, aren't they? I would yeah, yeah, I've got every faith they're going to carry that off. Yeah, fantastic. And has anybody ever thought he was real? This is the thing. Yeah. When you do a kind of parody, mm. it's like the pub landlord. But the people think yeah, it's absolutely. so. As people, they meet you as Bob, and they talk about you playing. They think you're a real fo ex football manager absolutely. and player. And Al, I mean, I, I worked a lot with Al mm. when I was uh, creating the character. I was mm. did lots of gigs with Al Murray, and yeah, and yeah, he he was a, he was a big help to me early doors in how you 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 know. You make a character credible. And I think Al, more than me, I think Al sometimes gets a bit upset yeah. when, because he's actually quite a left-wing guy. You know, mm. and he, he gets quite upset when people you know, actually agree with them for the wrong reasons. Yeah, they, they agree with the manifesto, yeah, don't it's, they? It's the old Al yeah, situation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there are people who think Bob's true. And then that Q&A is, is an... Uh, imaginary person yeah yeah <laughs> well um good to talk to you and so people yep. can see you as vladimir and as bob up at the yep. uh, at the festival newtown theater on george street it's uh, well vladimir Tamish, the end of the beginning of the end is the name of the show it was meant it was meant to be a show about time running out for the planet mm. Uh, the more I got into the writing of it, I realised I was writing a show about the fact that time's running out for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the planet's got the planet's got until twenty fifty, 
Um, I'd be very surprised if I make it to 2050. I'm, I'm already 62 and I'm from Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, statistically, I died five years ago. So <laughs> every day is a bonus. Good to talk to you, Andrew. Oh, sorry, Paul. Yeah. Six thirty on Tuesday, the fifteenth of August. One night only. Bob Dulali still alive. Still alive. Good stuff. Brilliant. Uh, good to talk to you, Paul. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. All Great the best. You. There we are. This uh, Paul Sneddon, Andrew Tate, Vladimir McTavish, Bob Dulali. Take Brilliant. your pick. He often rations Bob for one or two before, and it's frustrating because you go up there and it you, you doesn't coincide with yeah. your time, which is. But if you it's always it, hard to kind of you know, you, yeah. but you really you really enjoy. It. You yeah. kind of get into the world of this That's whole right. sort of. Thing. If you if you do get an opportunity, you'll enjoy it. I yeah. Guarantee. Nice one. Definitely. Okay, go and check it out. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. We've got another live race uh, for you coming up uh, very shortly. Uh, we will head back to uh, glorious Goodwood with Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly. We're here with Tool Station. It's Tool Station's biggest ever summer sale shop in store, online or on the app. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, TalkSport is the home of the EFL this season and uh, we'll have all the games for you on TalkSport and TalkSport 2, uh, including all the matches from the Championship, of course, be right across that for you. And joining us now, um, ahead of the start of the season at the weekend, they go to Watford on Saturday in their first game, is the QPR manager, Gareth Ainsworth. Hi, Gareth. How are you doing? Good afternoon, guys. Yeah, good to yeah, talk good. to you again. It, it, it seems to have gone incredibly quick. I mean, do you, once it's over the season, I'm sure you have that couple of weeks when you decompress, but do you miss it? Are you glad to be getting back into it again? I feel like I've had a couple of hours, honestly. It's been crazy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it has crept up on us, if I'm honest. You know, it's... Uh, it's it's now coming to that first game and uh yeah it's uh, it's crazy you know i think um i think in recent years you've had the euros or the world cup to enter but it does seem to have gone really quick this uh, this this break you know but um no ready um looking forward to it and uh, like you say trip to watford on saturday How's pre-season been going? I see, uh, I mean, you probably excited mm. the boys by saying we're off to play Birch's team at the weekend and they probably thought they were going to Como, but they went. To, it was Lee Bircham and they went to Bedford Town, didn't they? <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Listen, thanks for not mentioning the other game, Oxford, because that, uh, that was a bit chaotic. Um, losing a, a centre-half after 18 minutes wow. and we got, we got a, a few pumped against us at Oxford, but it's, it's nice that sometimes just before the season it gives the lads a bit of a kick up the backside but yeah um, Lee Bircham at Bedford we beat them 2-1 with uh, a, sort of two first teams I put out the, the squad's going to be you know it's it's going to be small but I need everyone fit and everyone was getting 90 minutes at weekend ready for the, the week ahead um, yeah really looking forward to it like I say I made some uh, some signings that probably people didn't think we'd be able to get hold of mm. but um, still want a couple more in and uh, we have to wait uh, we're not we're not that, that you know top of the tree fruit pickers anymore we've got away and we're not we're not off the floor yet but we're definitely halfway down the tree and and, and trying to get these uh <laughs> these frees or these bargains in because uh like i say we've got to we've got to comply with everything but looking forward to it i'm i'm, I'm really excited for the championship this year yeah because yeah, we know a lot of the pre-season is about fitness i mean how much store do you place on the results yeah you've got to put something on it of course you know but then if you do then you know we beat reading 2-0 they're in a bit of a disarray at the moment 
Wimbledon was 1-1 United we went Austria played Slavia Prague it was sensational a couple of weeks ahead of us so results are results pre-season and, and you'll all know you'll all have your teams that have, have had results in pre-season who remembers your results last year or the year before nobody it's, yeah. it's all about the league results and uh, fitness as you say is important we've got a, a new performance uh, head of performance and uh, injuries really cost us last year um, before I came in I mean the place was riddled with uh, with injuries and reoccurring injuries, which are the worst kind of injuries. Believe me, I can take one-offs, but not reoccurrences of the same injury, and, and that's what was happening. So, we've sorted that. We're we're looking fit, we're looking sharp, but I don't think any teams at its top fitness come this first game. I think it takes three or four games anyway before you're really firing on all cylinders, and uh, and people will still be signing right up to the last. You know the last minute of, uh, of the first of September. You know, so no, it's uh, it's going to be a test, and uh, the barometer will will be out on Saturday definitely. So you brought a couple of eye-catching freezing. Asmir Begovic, obviously incredibly experienced player, and Jack Colback as well. You brought him from Forest. Really, really pleased with both of those. You know, they actually know each other. They played together before, and uh, and and you know to to re- reiterate what I said last season, the squad needed some experience it needed some guidance and some leaders without a shadow of a doubt you know and uh, both of those are oozing oozing leadership and, and experiences along with Morgan Fox who we brought from Stoke as well so you know there's uh, there's three really experienced leaders in that group now I think that the problem last season was we had such a young team talented team by the way good good, good players Chrissy Willocks Elias Chairs you know and Lyndon Dykes people like that real, real talented players but when things go against you, they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't have any leadership in there, no experience to say, lads, I've been here before, I know what this will take. Get here, get in this position, get, let's organise and let's let's stop this bleeding. It was a real, you know, chaotic disarray at times and, uh, and a young squad will, will show that if things are going against them. On the flip side, if young players can get the experience and then start flying, the energy they'll show and the, and the, the qualities that they can bring to teams are, are you know, brilliant and and yeah. that's what i'm intending to uh, to aim for this year you know a mix of both and uh like i say you know everyone knows the way i play i love, I love going forward i love attacking teams i love getting getting in teams faces and you know signing the likes of paul smith from like our real lively winger who uh who run up players you know so no we're uh we're, we're in a good place but um obviously it's uh, it's going to be a tough league uh we've seen where most bookmakers have put us this season and uh, mm. I can't wait to you shove prove the them wrong. Uh, odds <laughs> where the sun does shine. <laughs> and, and you mentioned uh, people bringing in players. You'll be open to hang on to what you've got. You have got some young, talented players, one or two that are coveted and I'm sure you'll be delighted when the window's closed and they're still there with you. Yeah, you know, honestly... As a manager, and, and I'm I'm so lucky that I've been in this 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 job now for 12 years as a football manager, and my best days, honestly, are the day after the window closes, because the stress, the chaos, the the expectation, the anticipation, the rumours, the agents calling you, the players calling you. When that when that window shuts and you've and you've got what you've got, it's almost like right, you've got to make the most of this. Gareth, you've got to make the most of this. This is it now. What, like there's no you can't bring him in you can't and you you almost sort of start rumours with yourself sometimes as a manager you're thinking if I could get him in and get in and that'll look good so that when that when that window shuts that's what you got get on with it and make them organised and you know it's 11 against 11 we can we can take points off people this season and we're going to show that
I um, think the fans feel the same. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad when the window closes and yeah. drives you mad. But then we've got this yeah. additional thing in the Premier League. The Saudi window being open until September the 20th. Right. You, you're so, a and yeah. need to yeah. do something about that. Uh, before we let you go, you must be the only EFL manager who came to today's press day um, from an album signing. From <laughs> <laughs> so that you've got a new album out with a band, have you? Yeah, The Cold Bloody Hearts is our debut album, so it was released a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, The Cold Light of Day, available on all downloads and everything else with uh, Cherry Red Records. And yeah, genuine. This morning I was in the, I was in the uh, record company signing signing albums. I, I'll, I'll have to admit it wasn't millions of copies, but it was a few copies <laughs> that have been pre-ordered by people and, uh, and hopefully the album will do well. So if you've got uh, any listeners who uh, fancy a little bit of rock and roll, then... Uh, the Cold-Blooded Hearts is worth a, worth a listen. Produced Cheers, by Jeff Downs of Yes Jeff and Downs Buggles fame the, as well. Yeah, Video yeah. Killed the Radio Star. He was one half of, of that with Trevor Horn. And yeah. he actually playing on the album as well. And he's the keyboarder from Yes. And to watch him in action and, and when we were recording it was just... I mean, that was good enough for me. He, he, asked, he actually said to me, do you mind if I play on the album? And before he finished the question, I was saying, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever you're saying, yes, get on that album. So, no, it's, we're, we're really proud of it. 11 originals, and uh, like I say, hopefully it'll do well, but I'll probably swap a, swap a good season and keep you off for a, for a number one album chart. Well, nice I don't one. know, actually. <laughs> good to talk to you, Gareth. All the best. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks Take a lot. Take care. This is the QPR manager, Gareth Ainsworth. All the EFL covered here on TalkSport and TalkSport 2 throughout the season. We're going to... Head uh, back to Goodwood very shortly for more live racing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Some of the kickabouts you've had with the stars have been pretty impressive. Uh, my lad, uh, sorry, my lad played uh, kickabout when he was eight years old with Franco Zola and JJ Okocha in a hotel foyer in Hong Kong. That's tremendous. They were in town for a Champions League PR event. Hotel had big windows, so the kickabout brought the street to a standstill. Never seen so many phones taking pictures. Thank you very much for that one. So uh, we are after mm. those little pickup, those little kickabout stories, impromptu or otherwise. Rather than organise games, uh, tell us your stories. This is because uh, Craig Shakespeare was in with Jim White and the gang earlier on, and he used to have the kickabouts with my mate Mike when they were kids back in Birmingham. Mm. Uh, and uh, with Mike's granddad joining in. So anyway, um, kickabouts with the stars, talksport.com, text 8189, tweet TSHNJ. God, it does look grim at Goodwood, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> grim Goodwood doesn't have quite the same <laughs> no, not really. ring about it, does it? Yeah, the old rain is hammering Do down want... a bit. It looks quite windy. You want some of this, then? This uh, audience, uh, audience, this restaurant review. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the context of this? Andy? Well, basically, I love these restaurant reviews that go, you should be filed straight into Sued's Corner. Right. It's just that I always think that, you know, people who write about food, they're sort of desperately trying to come up with something different. You know, yeah. Something. And it is the trouble easy. is, if you're a food review, you can't say, add the pie, wasn't bad. It was delicious. Yeah. That'll do, won't it? But this is, the, you know, it's this. <laughs> That'll do, He's talking about it? this restaurant, he says, if they have an early signature dish, then it's leek bargee. A gargantuan tentacled mass. You are. I am. Of golden brown fried puffed allium. Oh, just call it onion or leek or whatever it is. I'm calling it (laughs) allium. Okay. I suppose you have said leek. Yes. Defined by both adroit spicing Mm. and its steam succulent centre. Vigorously charred whole 
mackerel. Yeah. Can't it just be charred? Why has it got to be vigorously it's charred? It's been vigorously charred, Andy. What's that? It's mean? not been lightly charred. Served with a sparky Japanese cucumber. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. And uh, what else? What, Mark Hughes is this? <laughs> no. Okay. Spark. It had a similar outside, uh, the salad had a similar outsized proportion, a direct Sorry. lizard brain appeal. Okay. Which is means. a Frank Zappa album, isn't it? <laughs> it is, actually. Mm. A Greek salad unconventionally strewn. Really? With what? With, 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 there was no feta cheese in it, tomatoes, cucumber. Yeah. Or olives. No, exactly. Yeah. Deep fried feta might have rightly prompted a whole phrase book of creative Hellenic swear words, but had an undeniable. I know some of them. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you could say the resolutely cheese forward. <laughs> I was trying to sign him. Yeah. Black label burger smeared in Mornay sauce and showered in Parmesan. Showered? Yes, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's the English it, language. I mean, what I do you expect, know. Andy? You like, you know, you like, you like it a bit more straightforward. A bit more you? straightforward. Uh, you just prefer yeah. Thomas Skinner sitting there going, "Bosh, dear." <laughs> yeah, I do. You really. know where you stand. Wanted for some puckering sweetness offered by gherkins. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, the lone pudding, arousingly zingy. That was good. The lone pudding, wasn't it? I remember <laughs> that on the favorite, TV. Yeah. It was when the Lone Ranger put a bit of timber on, wasn't it? That was it. It was a very unfair, a bit stoutish. I don't think you get away with <laughs> it now. now, really. Yeah. And Tonto was on a diet. They were, they were going. They were going Weight Watchers every Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Tonto saying, "Don't let him see what's. The, don't let him look at my scales. It's got nothing to do with it's him." True, really. Yeah. Talking of old TV shows. Well, were we? Well, I am. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Well, we go with the Lone Rangers. That's Lone Rangers. Lone Rangers. Who are the Lone Rangers? Well, we'll ask <laughs> Gareth Ainsworth. <laughs> Gareth A. Ainsworth. <laughs> see, who he's, see who he's brought on. Anyway, keep going. There's a, there was a, a name in the uh, marriage column, uh, engagement column in oh, the yeah. Times. Miss mm. C. Or, I know, Mister C. Or, Mister C. Or. <laughs> and Miss Ellis Saperstein. I don't know if you remember Kojak. Oh, I do remember One Kojak, of the yeah. Detectives in Kojak was called Saperstein. It's quite yeah. unusual, isn't it? And Ritzo. Uh, Ritzo, uh, Saperstein. You so, do all the voices, Andy. Do, you you gave us Australian <laughs> earlier on. It's been a real education. <laughs> Always worth finding a bit of time on your hands. Let's head back to uh, Goodwood. <laughs> no problem. For our next race. And we know how much Rupert loves a freebie. Because yeah. apparently yeah. this is the Whispering Angel Oak Tree Stakes. Oh, yeah. And coming up later is the Jaeger Lacoutre oh. Malcolm Stakes. I look so that's, to it. That's a, that's a flash watch and a free bottle of wine, Rupert, I take it. <laughs> Uh, not, not on neither on, account. Admit, admit, admit what you did this morning. Oh, go on then, Rupert. Admit what, <laughs> what you did. What, yeah, he's laughing. What, what did you do, Rupert? <laughs> what did so, I... so I was asking someone how you pronounce Yeah, yeah, Le Cotre, yeah. Uh, which is apparently a watch brand. Yes. And yes. you said, we won't be worrying about that. They don't give me any. Oh, <laughs> oh it's payola. Yeah. Yeah. That's I what did. you said. That's, That's what you said. You've just, you've just lied on that. No, radio. no. I've got backup here. I've got backup here. I'm afraid as I well don't... as a fairly yeah. big press room. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah. Well, my my man who provides the whispering angel, he's not here today. Oh, but Neil's um, but uh, poor old Neil's not here. But we've we've done well um, uh, with the whispering angel. And I'll tell you what, the breakfast show presenter's doing well with whispering angel oh, at yeah. the moment. Betty is. Um, mm. He hasn't left his chair since ten o'clock. I don't think. <laughs> Which is a, he's about fifty feet away from us, really? and he's been holding court really? since there. Uh, and that the, the the seat has got you know 
now it's basically, if he stands up, it basically cannot be used by anybody else. There's Barry Henry the Eighth vibes <laughs> yeah, up like there, isn't there? Alan's, yeah, Alan's Barry Henry the Eighth. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Um, just for a we always like to keep in touch with your social calendar. You were off to Frank and Manka last night, the popular pizza chain. What do you make of that? Did, did Rupert uh, disgrace himself, Lizzie? Too many sure bottles of Frankel Manka. Well, Frankel Manka, <laughs> they called it for the uh, night. Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit like having dinner in a school canteen. You had all oh. these tiny little chairs or wooden bench and everyone was given a sort of beaker to drink out of no matter what oh. your choice was. And so Rupert was sat there working his way through a bottle of red wine, which he first described as paint stripper and Ooh. then about three glasses <laughs> later said it's actually quite nice. <laughs> ah, we've all well, done that, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, but the other thing is I, I did order a chorizo pizza, but the chorizo seemed to be an optional extra. Oh, OK. Oh, well, this is like a restaurant of a drawback review. on the chorizo. Sorry so if Franca I... or Manka are listening, either of them. Yeah. It's not getting yeah. a particularly good review. So, I mean, I know Andy doesn't like people reviewing restaurants, having heard his um, oh, yeah. uh, piece earlier. Well, that but... wasn't flowery, was it? I mean, your, no, your review, I, so... I'm going to go straight to the point. Not enough chorizo. Um, okay. And if you didn't like sourdough, you were struggling. Well, we'll get, we'll get to tonight's <laughs> review tomorrow. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. There we are, more Live racing from they are known tomorrow. for their sourdough pizza. Yeah, they're a bit odd to go there, not like. Yeah, if you're not a big fan point. of pizza, don't bother. Yeah, uh, racing TV is the only channel where you can watch every live race from the uh, Qatar Goodwood Fest, Fest, Festival. I've become South African. Nice. And the Galway Festival uh, this week. Head to racingtv.com. Uh, to join now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That's how it all unfolded this afternoon on the show. We're back to I'm back with Max Rushton tomorrow. Charlie's off. Andy will be back, obviously, for the birthday spread. I'll take mm. on Max. Yeah. Very competitive man. Yeah. Um, so do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available from four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 